Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837, and FSP, dedicated to food service excellence. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents The Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, our gospel for today is meant to bother us. I think the more we move into it, the more upset we get. It's one of the most difficult, annoying, and intriguing texts in the whole New Testament. It's taken from Jesus' Sermon on the Plain in Luke's Gospel. I mentioned last week that in Matthew, the sermon's on the mountain. In Luke, it's on a plain. But much of the same content in both sermons. Listen now to this passage. To you who hear me, I say, this is, of course, the Lord speaking, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, Bless those who curse you, and pray for those who maltreat you. That's a hard text. That is an annoying and difficult text. Let's make it even more so by making it more precise and concrete. Don't think of enemies just in the abstract. I want you, as you listen to me, to hold in your mind's eye a concrete enemy. You know, when I was preparing this homily, I kept thinking of the September 11th hijackers. Those are people that we see as terrible human beings who perform one of the most gruesomely immoral acts of recent years. Hold those hijackers in your mind. Remember the photographs of them that we all saw? And then hear Jesus' words. Love your enemies. Not just tolerate them, not just be indifferent to them. Love them! And love those people who flew those jets into the buildings on September 11th. Now make it even more personal. Hold in your mind's eye someone that you dislike. Someone that just bugs you. Someone who annoys you. Someone, let's be honest, whom you would like to hurt if you could. Okay? Hold that person in your mind's eye. And now hear Jesus' words. Love your enemy, that person, him, her, that person. Love him. Not just tolerate, not just be indifferent to. Love. <laughs> this is a hard saying. Can you see why many people <laughs> left Jesus' side? Why many people found this stuff just too hard to take? How do we begin to understand it? make sense of it. Can I offer in this brief homily four reasons why it's important to love your enemies? Four perspectives on it. First one, we love our enemies because it's the best way to test the quality of our love. Now, I know I've told you a million times, but I think it just bears repeating because it's so central to our faith. Love in the Bible is not an emotion. Love is an act of the will. 
To love is to will the good of the other as other. Therefore, what's the best test of love? That I will the good of someone who is not likely to will my good in return. See, I'm generous to you that you might be generous to me. Okay, fine, but that's no guarantee that, that it's an act of love on my part. It could be an act of indirect self-interest. I'm generous to you that you might return the generosity. But, but, when I love an enemy, now it's pretty clear that I'm willing the good of the other as other. Enemy love is the litmus test. It's the criterion. It's the limit case of true love. Think of Jesus on the cross. Forgiving even those who were in the act of brutally executing him. That's love. No hope of return. No hope of reciprocation. Love of enemy is the litmus test of love. And of course, we hear this later on in the Sermon on the Plain. Jesus says, If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, how can you claim any credit? Sinners do as much. There's the point. But you love your enemy who won't do good to you back, will not return your generosity. Now you know that what you're engaging in is love. Second reason why it's important to love your enemies. They reveal you to yourself and therefore perform a great spiritual service to you. Your enemy performs a great spiritual service because he reveals yourself to you. What am I talking about? Well, it's an old truism. You see it up and down the centuries across the cultures. That the people we hate, the people we tend to despise, the people that we find most annoying, are often those who are most like ourselves. Isn't it true? We don't like to admit it. It makes us all uncomfortable, and on the surface, we'll all deny it. You know when you find yourself just complaining about somebody? You say, I hate this about him, and when he does this, it really bugs me, and this is so annoying, and that's so obnoxious, and why does he say this, and why does he do that? And then, in odd moments of clarity, you can catch yourself, and you say, those are the very things that I tend to do, that I tend to say. Those are my own behavior patterns. You know, Carl Jung, the great psychologist, talked about the shadow. The shadow is that part of yourself that you tend to repress or deny. Your public personality, that's a part of you that you like, and so it's on display, you let people see it. But your shadow side is more reserved, it's deep down, it's repressed. But, says Carl Jung, the shadow tends to come out in two basic ways. First of all, in dreams. Your enemy in a dream, someone chasing you, someone opposing you, someone after you, Jung says tends to be an externalization of your shadow. Something in yourself you don't like. But the other great way that we deal with the shadow is we project it outward onto other people. So that what we deny in ourselves, we see clearly in the other. 
Next time you're criticizing somebody, next time you have an enemy clearly in your mind, perform this little exercise. Stop and say, now, is this person a mirror to me? Am I seeing myself here? Did Jesus know about this? Yes, very clearly. Remember his famous remark when he was talking to those who were critiquing and judging others. Remove the plank in your own eye so that you can see more clearly the speck in your brother's eye. You see, it's exactly what Jung said many centuries later. When you're critiquing that speck in your brother's eye, it might be because you have this huge plank in your own eye. You see the pride or the envy or the obnoxiousness of somebody else. Maybe it's your own pride, your own envy, your own obnoxiousness that you're actually seeing. So why do you love your enemy? Because he performs this great spiritual task for you. Be grateful. Realize, hey, I've been projecting onto you, maybe, and you've helped me to see the truth about myself. Third reason why it's important to love your enemies, maybe your enemy is actually pointing out to you how wrong you are. Again, this is hard to see and hard to take, but look, the best people in history have had lots of enemies, including and especially Jesus. Who was with Jesus at the end? Nobody. They all fled. A handful of people stayed with him at the cross. Who were his enemies? Everybody. Everybody. Sometimes the very best people excite the worst opposition. It was Jesus' goodness, justice, truth that inspired people to hate him. Is it possible that when you're at odds with somebody, you become someone's enemy? It's because that person is good and right and just. And what they're pointing out in you is your own lack of justice, your own lack of rectitude. Maybe your enemy is in fact the criterion by which your life ought to be measured because your life is off kilter. And it's the one that you consider your enemy who's actually revealing the deepest truth. In this sense, Christians, the one we think of as the enemy could be an emissary from God who's sent to reveal to us what's off in ourselves. Last reason, to love your enemy. You might win them back. You love your enemy that you might win them back. If someone's your enemy, you hate them, they've been cruel to you, and so you stand in opposition to them. You oppose them, you badmouth them, you attack them, at the limit, you try to kill them. We see that all over the world. What good does it do? Well, it does nothing in terms of reconciling your enemy or winning him back. In fact, it simply confirms the enemy in his opposition to you, giving him more reason to be aggressive and violent. When you fight fire with fire, you confirm your enemy in his own wickedness. You justify his original dislike of you. But listen now, and we come here close to the heart of Jesus' ethical teaching. When you love your enemy, you will the good toward the very person who's attacking you. 
You confound him. You confuse him no end. And you thereby can begin the process of bringing him back. You know, I've said many times, this is exactly what Gandhi saw. Gandhi, who was a careful student of the teaching of Jesus. This is what Martin Luther King saw. When you fight the aggression of racism, or you fight the aggression of imperialism with more aggression, you confirm it. But when you take it on, you respond in love, you confound and transform the aggression. I don't know if you know about this, but there's a form of martial arts called Aikido. Aikido is a form of martial art that is essentially defensive. It's not aggressive. Here's how it works. The practitioner of Aikido learns how to take the aggression of the enemy and to move with it in such a way that he diffuses it. Imagine someone coming at me with a stick or with a weapon of some kind. The Aikido practitioner learns how to take that and move with it and then throw the aggressor off balance. As he comes back, he learns to, to move with him again, throwing him off balance. The purpose of the Aikido exercise is to convince the aggressor you shouldn't be aggressive. It's to make him stop fighting, stop attacking. How do you do it? In a sense, by loving him. Not by resisting him aggressively, but by absorbing his aggressive energy. This is what Gandhi saw. This is what King saw. And I think it's what Jesus saw. You love your enemy so as to diffuse your enemy's aggression. You love your enemy so as to absorb and throw off balance his hatred and his aggression. And friends, in that process, you might just win your enemy back. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who maltreat you. And God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. School meals are as easy as ABC with FSP, an agency of the Archdiocese of Chicago. FSP provides nutritious, affordable, and easy to implement breakfast, lunch, and snack options for elementary and high schools. To find out about our student-tested and approved meal programs, call us at 773-385-5103. FSP, we're more than a school food service.